Welcome to the Inspired Action Podcast. This is where we have motivational, inspiring conversations and interviews that we hope you will enjoy listening to. If you're interested in creating more balance in your life, understanding your five element energetic nature, finding the path of greatest ease, or releasing the baggage of this lifetime and discovering ancient alchemy that can help you fly in your life, join us and other inspired actioneers on this alchemical transformational journey. Hi, and welcome to the Inspired Action Podcast. My name is Jay, and I'm here with my co-host, Lita Herman. Hello, and thank you for being wherever you are right now listening. These episodes are just flying by, and I feel like we're just getting started, Jay. You know that saying, time flies when you're having fun, and boy, we're having a lot of fun doing these podcasts. (laughs) We are. Our last show was about time, and I always like to remind people about the 24 hours. Everyone has the same 24 hours, and what you do is your choice on how you want to live your life. And if you want to do some self-cultivation and work on yourself, time management is certainly part of that. It's key. It's just key. And if you have any questions about time management in the last episode or any of the other topics we're covering, please feel free to check out our Facebook group, Inspired Action Podcast, for all the inspired actioneers out there. Yes, we'll pop in every day, see what's going on. If there's any questions or any topics that are inspiring to you, they'll be inspiring to us and we'll do our stuff for you. So it'll be like back and forth. We'll have a dialogue going on, hopefully. And this is episode number six, and we're going to be talking about the nine stages of alchemy. This is a long topic, but we're going to try to break it down and make it a little bit of fun and see if you can start to get some interest in it. Yeah. And our first five podcasts were all the the language that's necessary to talk about all this stuff. So if you haven't listened to those yet, please go back and go ahead and listen to that. It talks about the five elements, the nine palaces. These are things that are going to come up a lot. And today we're embarking on the wonderful Wu Wei journey with you of inspired action. That's right. Today's inspired conversation with Lita and myself is about being on the Wu Wei journey of life. We're going to start the journey today. All the five episodes was a kind of a warm up to this. And each one of those is, is can go on and on. But right now we're ramping up in the journey of alchemy or how does or where does it all begin starts now. And actually, we all have to begin somewhere. And no matter how much personal development we've done in our lives, there is a starting place for everyone. And the ancient Chinese sages believe the first step, the initiation step, so to speak, is the phrase parting the veil. And you've probably heard this used a lot. What is the veil covering, though? And it's the illusion of reality. So essentially, the goal is disillusionment, seen through the illusion. So because living a wu-wei life is really parting that veil and being able to see through the illusion of life, when we're behind that veil, we cannot act from inspiration. We're always acting out of fear and things like that. Well, one of the the, uh, fun ways that Lita and I talk about this is we like to reference the Matrix movie. And we always say it's the red pill or the blue pill. So Neo in the movie decides he's going to take the red pill. So if you want to start on the road of alchemy, look behind the veil, take a peek. You have to take the red pill. And the Matrix movie is a Taoist movie. I mean, this is what it's all about. And if you haven't seen the Matrix movie, that's probably going to be part of your homework. We'll see how this episode's go, but that's what I made in my notes <laughs> yeah. is to rewatch the Matrix if you haven't watched it in a while with the idea, the idea of the Taoist perspective of the Wu Wei, of taking the red pill, and then how you can uh, translate that into your life. 
And also you can imagine yourself as the main character, Neo. You know, he took, he chose the red pill, which meant he woke up, he was disillusioned. And uh, what, it, what would it be like if you were to do that? You know, that's really what this is about. So this is the beginning of the journey. And we, like I said, the, the Matrix movie, Lady, you actually, I actually have a personal m- reference. Yeah, I met years ago, about 10 years ago, I met the Wachowski director's mom. And she'd studied with one of my teachers. And we had a great conversation about Taoism, about the movies themselves. And, you know. It, hey, maybe we can get them on the show. Hey, that's a great, that's a great idea. idea. Let's do it. We can do the Taoist <laughs> and pop culture through the eyes yes, of Hollywood. I yes, love it. yes. I love it. So that's great. All right. So the first question when you're on the path of alchemy, are you willing to change? Are you going to be, you're going to be releasing any residual fear you may have, the fear of change, the fear of growth, fear of the unknown. You're listening to this podcast right now. So mostly your being here just indicates you're likely willing to change. And honestly, if you aren't, you can still listen to the podcast and maybe we'll convince you over time that change is good. But anyway, so this is called the nine stages of alchemy. And the alchemists of ancient times were obsessed with longevity and living the longest life possible. They even believed they could be physically immortal. And there's many, many um, stories, maybe you call them legends, myths, where there were these famous doctors who achieved immortality. Uh, there's the legend of the eight mortals. There's Sun Si Miao, one, the king of medicine. There's Gahung. We've gone in, to China and studied a lot of these people. Is it reality or is it myth? I think, you know, it begs us to evaluate modern day life. I like to always bring your ancient wisdom into this modern this modern life of what we're living now and have, and how can it serve us now? How can it, you know, make it so we can utilize this in our lives today? Because it's very possible that you are going to live to be over 100 years of age and your children being born right now have the potential to live 120, maybe Maybe more, maybe 100. Some people say 150 years old. And this isn't because of alchemy. This is because of modern day science. We're able to replace organs. We're able to replace joints. We are going to be a much more longer lived population. That causes a conundrum for us. Why would we want to live that long? And what are we going to do if this is the half, if you're at 80 and that's, or 70 or 60 or 70, 80, if that's the halfway point of your life and now boom, you got to do it all over again. What would you do differently? And with that in mind, the nine stages of alchemy were developed to help you along that self-cultivation path. Whether you wish to be immortal or just simply a highly evolved, realized human being, the nine stages are a roadmap for you to follow developed by these famous ancient philosophers. And when I first started learning and working with the nine stages of alchemy, I thought of them as Chinese medicine treatments. But then slowly I realized that they are just the roadmap for your personal development in life. And since alchemy can be done in many ways, including meditation and introspection, uh, qigong, uh, there's stone medicine that's alchemical. All what of about these, kung fu and yeah, tai chi? Yeah, tai chi. And I realize it's more accessible to everyone, not just the people who come into my practice. And so that's why I decided to, we decided to write a book about how to use the nine stages of alchemy in your personal growth journey. And that book will be coming out later this year. Yep. It's called Born Perfect. And so, okay, so let's let's go on. And so what are the nine stages? Okay. So the nine stages are grouped into three sets of stages of alchemical treatments. Each treatment or session 
takes about an hour, but can be repeated a number of times during each stage, as long as it takes to move on to the next stage. So you really have to think of a stage as a stage of development, not a treatment. So the first three stages, stages one through three, are about clearing away, getting rid of the baggage of this lifetime, getting rid of all the baggage that your parents handed down to you or that came in with your past life uh, traumas and et cetera. They're also about what do you really truly want. So we're going to be talking about that in future episodes. And then uh, stages four through six are stages that open your modes of perception. They open your eyes so you can see clearly. They open your ears so you can hear clearly. So this really is the parting of the veil, seeing behind the illusion of what's around you because we have habits of how we perceive the world. When somebody says something to you at work and you have that reaction, that's your habit. It's not really truly what's happening. And so what the ultimate uh, result of stages four through six of what you're going for is truly flying in your life, living an authentic life where everything is moving along exactly as how you want it. That would be stage six is the flying. Yeah. That's where a lot of people, you know, it's a great place to be. A lot of people really enjoy that part of their lives. It's all of a journey and all of the stages can be enjoyable. And that's where the strategic coaching that Jay does is really helpful because in order to fly in your life, you actually need to know how to take off. But we've talked about that earlier in earlier episodes. So why don't you go a little bit into the last stages? The last three stages defy the limitations that we believe this reality puts on us. So the limitations of gravity, like flying, time and space. So the idea that you can actually change your time and space. And this includes morphine, becoming invisible, and time travel. I always think of like um, crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Yes, kind it's of very stuff. much like that. Yeah, and cool. you know, these are the legends and myths of the immortals. They were believed to be able to do this. You know, just pop in and out of time and morph their bodies. They found we we said this once before. They found a cauldron in Gahung's cave oh. that was too small to go through, too big, too big to, to go get through, through the small doorway. Yeah. It was, just amazing. Like, I I don't know how they got that cauldron in there. Yeah. You can't build a mountain around a cauldron. Yes. (laughs) Maybe they can. Maybe they can. (laughs) So let's move on a little bit because we don't have a lot of time, although we have all the time. Yes. But let's break down stages one through three. And Lita, I'm going to let you do this because you do it beautifully. So stages one through three clears out the baggage of this lifetime and what inhibits you from being truly free in your life. I mean, so much of alchemy is about freedom. Why do we feel like we can't do something we want to do? It's because we're hooked into something. We can't let it go. You know, it, it's we're carrying it around. And so um, it clears anything you brought into this life as well. So your genetics and past lives. And it releases rebellious chi so that you can stop fighting for your heart's desire and start allowing it to be easy. So... Jay, you always like to say the path of greatest ease. Yes, find the path of greatest ease. And maybe you have to leave some breadcrumbs along the way to get back (laughs) if you you get away from it. But find the path of greatest ease. It's truly a simple thing to do on every decision you make uh, in your life. What is the simplest way? Why do you have to complicate things with what ifs and what could have should us? And so then we move on to stages four and through six and you change your perceptions so you can really fly in your life. So 
you actually have to take the blinders off your eyes that limit your perception of life. You have to open your mind and allow a truer truer life experience. And this is about the self-cultivation. It takes time. You have to go through these roadmaps, these markers that were left by behind by the immortals, or there's other ways. It's not just this one way that we're talking about. Definitely. Like Lita said, it could be many, many different ways that you could follow this path. I just like to think of some really smart guys and a few women uh, were able to set out these signposts for us. And if we want, we can follow the signposts. The goal of stages four through six is metaphorically flying in your life. And I really look at this as living your full potential. Seven through nine are really, are they aren't the stages you want to do if you're really flying in your life. When you're really involved in your life and you're having a great time, that's stage six. And as you move into these other three stages, you're going to retreat from the world. So if you're not ready to do that, you might not be ready to do that until your second half of your life at 80 years old. <laughs> or 100. Or 100. Or 120. And they're really meant for people who are really moving out of the regular life life and you're really trying to overcome the illusion of these limitations that we perceive in our life. So you're overcoming time and space, the ability to morph your body. Um, so you're like a little crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That looked like fun. And so, you know, morphing, becoming invisible, time travel, these are all the myths and legends of the immortals. But, you know, it's supposed to be the real deal. And so that's what stages seven through nine. We were in China. We saw a lot of caves. Yeah. A lot of caves and people were actually in the caves and there were these little tiny windows where I guess people uh, fed them or gave them water. Would that also be maybe the breatharians? Yes. The What's breatharians? The breatharians don't need food or water. They're just breathing. They live on air. They live on air. So cool. Um, and also good for your diet if you don't have to go get food. You yeah. just live off the air. Yeah. But let's back up a little bit and just talk about all of these stages in general and give you some examples of how they've helped people in their lives. Um, I had a woman who I worked with many years ago who was going through a really rough divorce and had a lot of uh, trouble sleeping and these kinds of things. You can work with people in Chinese medicine to help with the individual problems, but she was really on a path of growth and of cultivation and change. And so as we work through the stages of alchemy, her life improved immensely. All of the pain and agony of all of the past kind of lifted and it really was like the veil lifted and she became this amazing person. And, and how long how long was it when you started before she got to me? Because I worked with her for a while and she did amazing. She, you know, you always move the heavy baggage and then I get them and they're ready to go. So it almost makes my job wicked easy. But it, she, how long was that process? Well, the actual alchemy process probably took a couple of years. And then she was just really flying in her life. Yeah. Uh, and I think that you just helped her strategically to Definitely. do that on a and much deeper level. Think, think about what you want to do with your time and how she wanted to get things done, but she had never really done them before because she was in this relationship, long-term relationship. So, boy, she's still flying in her life. Some other examples are... Um, you know, a real go-getter person just really uh, had stuff together in her life already and was doing really well, but she decided to embark on alchemy. And the changes were so significant in her day-to-day -day life. Like, for example, um, 
when the election came along. She's a very active uh, person in society, likes to get out there and, and fight the good fight. And to her own amazement, she no longer argued with people about everything that was going on. Wow. And that was huge for her. Like that was so significant because it had been a, a source of a lot of stress for her. Is that like a confrontational thing? Yeah. Like acting, reacting. Yeah, acting, reacting. And yeah. she just kind of learned, part of the process of alchemy is to learn when not to speak. Sure. And sure. so well, that that's was- That's a big thing. That well, was yeah. really exciting. And so, you, you know, there are many, many, many stories that we can tell over over time here about- about what alchemy can do for you. Maybe if in the Facebook group, if we get a conversation going, we could maybe talk about some other examples. But right now, I would like to move on to stage one, initiation. So these concepts go on and on and on. So we're going to break it down. So this is stage one, initiation of the nine stages of alchemy. And one of the most complex stages, conceptually, there's five steps to this stage. And the first one, I'll start later, is the mystery gate, which is the entranceway into alchemy. So the mystery gate is this point on the body. So all of these things are represented by a point on the body that is actually called the mystery gate. And the idea again is this is where you decide I'm willing to part the veil. I'm going to take the red pill and not the blue pill. And I want to know, I want to, I want to embark on this slightly scary journey. So the things that we were talking about, you know, the transformational mind, the willingness to change, your energetics, discovering your energetic makeup, how you move through the world energetically, how you manage your time, what what do you want to live? This is all ready for this process right here. Yes. And so then after you go through the mystery gate, you're going to be walking through a dark tunnel and you won't really know where you're headed, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So as you come out of this tunnel, then you get clarity. And that's when the the next part of this stage is that you ask, what is my heart's desire? What do I really, really want? And being brave enough to really want it. A lot of people are scared to ask that question, Jay. Don't you, don't you find that's true? I, I definitely think that's true because they may or may not already know the answer and have spent a lifetime not facing that answer. Or just they don't want to be disappointed. If they actually admitted to themselves what they really wanted and didn't right. get it, they have, or they'd, they'd feel have crushed. they change their lives completely to get it. Yeah, that's the other thing. All the changes that you might need to make would would be impossible to, for and some you people. you would never really know if you are making the right or wrong choice until you take that leap. Yeah. So then the next step in this, these, this first stage is that all of these things that Jay just said cause what we, ca- we call rebellious chi, which is this feeling that you need to fight for everything that you want and that nothing comes easy. But that's not true. In fact, the not fighting for everything is what makes life easy. Sure. That's maybe part of the way as well. Yes. Is letting things go and just walking that path, seeing those footsteps without thinking about it. You know, you're in that empty space and you just move forward. And really this whole stage is about letting go of fear and 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 sort of acquiring trust. And that's, I see that a lot and every day when I work with people, fear and trust. And it's usually with themselves. They think it's the world. They think it's their parents. They think it's, you know, someone who really messed them up or whatever. But when we unravel, it's almost always the self. 
And the last step of stage one is communing with your own spirit. So this is really where the trust comes in because once you stop fighting, you meet your higher self face to face and it's like you are no longer afraid. You feel the the safety of communing with your own self yeah, or your God scary, self, whatever scary, you want to call but, it. But not scary. I mean, it's yeah. the, the path that you must take. So the mystery gate, the light at the end of the tunnel, heart's desire, releasing rebellious tree, communing with your spirit. Those are all the first five um, stages, the five steps. steps, I call them of the stage one. Yeah, so today we're really only going to talk about the first step, entering the mystery gate, because this is a really important thing. And many people might already be well past this step in their lives. They've they've parted the veil, they've seen behind, they've seen the mystery, and they're just, you know, moving along. But if you haven't, it's important to take some time and just give yourself a lot of space because some people feel scared and that's okay. And so when we do this treatment, we add moxa to it. And moxa bustion is this herb that kind of says to you, hey, it's okay. It's like mama giving you a hug. It's warm. Yeah. It makes you just relax. There's no need to fight. There's no need to be afraid. What we're asking for today is if you haven't done this already, you need to find a, a sense of safety deep inside you. So it's about overcoming your fear and embarking on this journey with the trust. I always say trust with a capital T. Um, that you're safe and you can do this. You know, it's trust and it's safety within yourself. Yes. It's, you know, not um, looking at others and saying, if this was that, then I would be this. This is the safety in the inside. This is knowing. This is the, the trust that we've been talking about. So if you know that you are really still dealing with fear in your life, which which is is normal, which is fine, the first step is acceptance. Like we said in our first podcast, accept where you are. And in this case, you're in fear and that's normal. We all as human beings have fear about things that are unknown. And so before you continue along the alchemy path, you know, spend some weeks watching fear in your life. Just be the watcher, just like we Go were back saying. Go to the watcher, yeah. yes. If you Go feel back. like you're, if you're living in what I call a fear-based reality, you need to shift that reality. You need to change that reality. And that comes from observing how you are in your life today. And then once you accept it and observe it, you can let safety into your life. So it's almost like you need to maybe go back and start mothering yourself, nurturing yourself. That's a maybe, nice way of looking at maybe it. Maybe you didn't get that from your mother. So you need to take your own hand in the dark. I that, like that. There that dark go. tunnel. Who's going to hold your hand yes, through you it? Take your own hand yeah. in the dark. I love that. And so, of course... Um, a lot of people talk about affirmations, but we don't mean this in a trite way. We really, really, really seriously believe that if you do not feel safe, you need to begin to have a mantra. Because you need to move forward and you need that trust and that safety to move forward or the fear will be the first block yes. that may have been holding you back already. Yes. And so what I like to say is, you know, to repeat whatever this mantra is, all day long. When I started this journey, I had a lot of fear and anxiety. I did too. I did too. And I did the, my affirmations on post-it notes and I had little, little cheat sheets everywhere. And if I felt like I was slipping or I felt something creep in, 
boom, I just started to do it again. So I can't give you your mantra, but I can tell you what mine was. Mine was simple. It was just, I am safe. And I literally, I think I said it a hundred times a day minimum for at least two years. I also had, I am safe, but then I listed out every person I knew in my life And I said, they are safe and go down the list. And then always back to my, I am safe. I am safe. I did that one too. That's funny that you had that one. (laughs) So you don't know what it's going to be. Mine just came to me in a meditation and maybe through some prompting of Lita. I'm not really, I don't remember how I got mine. It just happened. And so I worked through mine as well. And let me give you an example. Like I felt uh, scared to walk downstairs because I constantly (laughs) fell down them for years. And so- I started like saying, tripping, falling, yeah, or falling, I was falling. just a klutz. I, wow. <laughs> I don't know why I fell all the time. And so I had fear of stairs and that changed entirely during this time that I said, I am safe. And literally every footstep on the stairs was, I am safe. Next footstep, I am safe. I am safe. And it was amazing. I don't, I think maybe I fell once in the past 10 years on very yeah. slippery ice, but since then, that that whole problem of falling down all the time stopped. So it's it really created that inner safety in myself. That's really what we're talking about. So you you know you could do a meditation or just think about what being the watcher, the observer of what you feel like you're afraid of. It could be a, a lot of different things. And both Lita and I are huge fans of Abraham. And if you want to talk a little bit about the Abraham, Lita. Yeah, so the Abraham techniques are to create these aff- affirmations and say them at least 17 times, Abraham says. Yeah. So, so that's you, Esther Hicks, by the feel, way. If you feel like you're being, you know, in a, in a moment where you're paralyzed by something, do an affirmation, do it 17 times, and you will feel better. You will start to feel better. I, I still do it once in a while, definitely. And the way that it works, in case you were wondering, is your mind is talking to your deeper subconscious. The problem is that when you just say I'm safe once, you know, in a, in a moment, it doesn't get to the layer of the deeper subconscious. Well, is the is the deeper subconscious all as well in you? Not if you have terror and okay, fear. So, you know, we always talk about a chaotic energy. Yes. And the theme is the theme of really the stage one all as well. Like, because we can work yes. on it. chaotic energy. That's if you a great know, theme. Yes. Lita can talk about chaotic energy and that could be what is holding you back. Yes. And we're going to do a future podcast on this, but we'll just, do a to, whole intru- show on just it, yes. to introduce you to it. One of the reasons that we don't feel safe is that we have something that um, I like to call chaotic energy. Some people call it shui chi, which means evil chi, which is chi that's not yours that you picked up from negative um, situations, maybe from an airport or a hospital where there's a lot of people running around being very upset. And you might have to go to a Chinese medicine practitioner, acupressurist, acupuncture, someone who is doing this kind of work um, to get, to learn how to get relief or how to do it yourself. And if you're going to do that, you need to, um, a lot of people use this term aggressive energy, which I don't like the word aggressive, which is why I renamed it. But that's the term for the treatment. And are there ways you can self Yes. So in a future podcast, or we may even do a video on this, I would like to you know, tell people how to get rid of chaotic energy. We're going to talk about this in a, in a later it podcast. It is one of the primary blocks of when you begin alchemy is how to release this this chaotic energy and how do you move through the world and not pick it up all the time? It's a toxic, you might be in a toxic environment, a toxic relationship, you know, uh, you will uncover these things and you need to have this, this tool in your arsenal on how to 
work on yourself. It's almost like the fear in you is going to resonate with the fear around you. And then that that fear from outside you gets in. Mothering yourself is not just taking your hand in the dark too. It's helping assure the child that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and that all you have to do is keep walking. And when you when your mom takes your hand and tells you, come on, we can do it, you feel emboldened, you feel empowered. And that's what you need to do to, for yourself. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. The light will come as long as you keep walking. Yeah, exactly. And so well, homework, Jay, let's okay. talk about that. So homework, what I'd like you to do for homework, if you have not seen, if you're the one person in the world who has not seen The Matrix movie, please watch the movie. If you have seen it, I'd like you to rewatch it with a new perspective, new eyes. You are Neo. I mean, there are some scenes where it's a little bit graphic, but... Um, yeah, Try if to get you, through that. If you have a hard time with violence, you know, you can fast forward through that. <laughs> yeah. So being Neo, look at it from a Taoist perspective about um, waking up in your life, making changes. And as you see Neo move through, he's through the Wu Wei. Things just appear for him to, as he goes through this movie. So I'm going to watch it again. Yes, I'm definitely going to watch it again. And also for your homework, we're going to talk about affirmations. And really, yes. I want to think, I want you to think about this as a mantra. If you have fear deep down in your subconscious, it's going to continue to keep surfacing. And you need to address this before you move on in the alchemy stages. And we would like you to come up with your own affirmation. It might not be, I am safe. Some people have to say, I want to feel safe because that feels more true because they don't feel safe. And uh, it has to feel like a relief when you say say it. When you say the affirmation, it, it works a magic on you when it's the right affirmation. And, and I like to say to people who do feel a lot of fear and anxiety, you have immense vigilance. You're constantly looking out for dangerous situations. Why not use that vigilance to apply this mantra to your life? Every time you feel fear, start the mantra and be vigilant about it. Yeah, say it over great. and over again. And believe me, you're, you're, subconscious will change. You're you speaking might, to your subconscious. You might have several different mantras. Yes. Oh, definitely. So we we were we were going to say pick five, five yeah. affirmations that will really help you in different parts of your life. Say them Minimum over and over three. again. Yeah. Minimum three. But as you're the watcher, the observer, and you start to feel like, what am I afraid of? Or what do I don't want? Why am I not doing what I want to do? The affirmations will come in. And what you're doing is you're speaking through this repetitive way you can get to your subconscious, which is where this fear exists. Because remember, all is well. That's the theme of stage one, all is well. And we want you to use that phrase more in terms of meditating on how can you feel that all is well on a deep, deep level. And try to find the path of greatest ease. Yes. Don't overthink it. Don't over-strategize it. Don't make it really complicated. We want to simplify. We want to break this down and make it easy. The path of greatest ease. All right. That's a that's a great place to end here for today. And we have much more to talk about this in the future. So we're going to keep going um, as long as people are interested. <laughs> You've been listening to the Inspired Action Podcast. You can follow our Inspired Actions on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you have already, thank you so much. We read all reviews and really appreciate your input. Join us next week for another Inspired Action Conversation. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to hug the dog. Bye.